You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Amy Apigian. She is the leading medical expert on how life experiences get stored in the body and restoring the body to its best state of health through her signature model and methodology, the biology of trauma. She is a double board certified medical physician in preventative medicine and addition, addiction, I said addition, addiction medicine. She has a master's in biochemistry and a master's in public health. In addition to her medical training. She is also a certified functional medicine physician and has training and certifications specifically in neuro autoimmunity, nutrition, and genetics for addictions, mental health, and mood and behavioral disorders. She has several certifications in various trauma therapies, including the instinctual trauma response model and art trauma therapy, somatic experiencing developed by Dr. Peter Levine and neuroaffective touch, Dr. Aline LaPierre. Dr. Amy's personal life experiences lead her, led her into trauma therapy training first for her adopted son and then for herself. A unique lens for understanding trauma has come out of it. Joining the two worlds of neuroscience and trauma therapy uniquely, it became the thread that ties it all together in a way that clinicians and patients find understandable and easily applied within their daily life. And I'm so excited to talk about this. So welcome Dr. Amy to the show. Thank you, Erin. And thank you for quite that introduction. Yeah. I mean, you have so many, I wanted to make sure to read, but it really gives you a lot of credibility. Not that you don't have the credibility with just one of these many things that you have done and achieved, but you, you have a lot that you've studied that you've trained in. And I think that that's important because trauma is a really delicate subject and it, it incorporates mind, body, spirit, as you know, and as we'll get into. So I, I appreciate just the work that you've done in this world. Thank you. And yeah, when I, when I hear you read that, I'm like, wow, I, I have been through a lot <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I, and you're right. But I think this, this is what trauma needs, right? Like trauma has been, um, I think misunderstood and in some ways oversimplified that, Hey, you just need to go to therapy and talk it out and maybe you'll be fine. Maybe not, but it's being able to see it through this new lens and it requires a whole different set of tools than what we've applied. So Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be here. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about just starting off. We all experience stress and many of us, I would say most people experience some form of trauma at some point in their lives. So at what point is it debilitating? Where is the, where is the issue that, that we need when we really need to have it addressed? Yeah. Great question. And right there, I'm going to, I'm going to be controversial and say, Aaron, Dr. Steve Porges, so the, the one who developed the polyvagal theory, he says that trauma is a human experience. All humans, if you have a human body, <laughs> you have experienced a trauma response in your body. And I think for me, that would be one of the most important things that I want to share with your audience is that we think of trauma as an event. And so mm. we're looking for what happened to me? Where is that big event? Ah, oh, was that event enough to be a trauma? Mm, I don't know, but we're not looking at the right thing. What we should be looking for is does my body have a trauma response? Because that is really all we need to know. If do I have work to do is in, 
in present moment, in my life today, in my relationships, in my actions, in my coping mechanisms, in my relationship with myself, and most importantly, in my health, in my physical health, my symptoms, my conditions, or even diagnoses, am I seeing evidence of a trauma response happening in my body? Because that is very different. So when we look at the trauma response in the body, that is what has the most damaging effects on our physiology and on our biology. We have been taught, I have been taught <laughs> that it's stress. Oh, stress is the problem. No, stress is not the problem. It's when we get overwhelmed and our body goes into a trauma response. We have just thought that that's still stress. That is not stress. Our bodies have been going into a trauma response. And for many of us, we have now been living chronically in this trauma response in our biology, in our physiology. And that has had the most damaging effects on all of our health. And it happens on a cellular level and can take years to manifest so that people getting sick in their thirties, reaching burnout, chronic fatigue, autoimmunity in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, starting to get more diseases that are chronic inflammatory based conditions. All of those, Aaron, all of those are a result of the body living in a trauma response. So stress is not the problem. It's the trauma response and being able to look at, ah, you're right. It's not about the past. It's not about, can I find some event that happened to me that I can classify as trauma? No, 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 no. We're looking at present day. What's going on in your life? What's going on in your relationships and what's going on in your physical health? And do we see evidence of a trauma pattern showing up in your body? And so more specifically, what would that look like for somebody who's listening and going, well, I can't think of it. They're still looking for the event, right? Like I can't think of anything that would be trauma from in my life. I don't really have anything. It's not as bad as people, you know, on the other side of the world. Cause of course we do that. We could talk about how we do that, but um, like, what does that, what does the trauma response look like to yeah. somebody? And when you ask that, I think of Rhonda. So Rhonda is someone who came through my 21 day journey program. She's a nutritionist. And she is also a police officer in Chicago. Now, the rest of us, just knowing that the rest of us are like, oh, honey, you've had trauma. She <laughs> was like me. I've never had trauma. Yeah, I experienced this. Yeah, I experienced that. Yeah, my my best friend got killed on the job. But trauma? No, like that. That's not me. But then what started to happen was that she started to begin having health problems and it started with fatigue. And it came on pretty sudden for her. That's different than other people. For some people, it slowly builds and they try mm -hmm. to ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, push themselves more, drink more caffeine, <laughs> whatever it takes mm -hmm. until one day their body crashes. But for her, it came on pretty sudden. And again, was it building? And she also was, was one that pushes herself. She is one that pushes herself and uh, was always seen as the energizer bunny, always doing, always moving. That is Rhonda. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we understand now is, Oh, we could have identified that trauma response long ago, just by those traits, just by those right. characteristics of she always needs to be moving. She always needs to be doing something because that is actually how she was discharging all this high, what we call sympathetic activation. And what happens though, is that the body reaches a point of overwhelm and this point of overwhelm can happen on an emotional level or on a physical level. And so when your body starts to get sick, for example, that's the body saying, I can't fight this anymore. It's I'm being overwhelmed, whether it's an infection. So if you're getting infections, if you're getting gut infections, 
that is all the body being overwhelmed and overwhelm is the trauma response in the body. Many people think that overwhelm is still stress and that's not true. That's very different physiology. Stress is something that is high energy and we've got this and we're motivated and we're taking action and we're, we have so much energy to fight this problem in our life that we, we can't not take action. And overwhelm is more of the picture of I'm exhausted. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. And we can even have those thoughts. We can be waking up in the morning being like, uh, I don't want to get up. I already mm -hmm. am overwhelmed by my day and I haven't mm -hmm. even started my day. <laughs> and we go through our day, pushing ourselves to get through our day. But that pushing ourselves is evidence of the body being in a, in an overwhelmed physiology. And so when we understand that our physiology of our nervous system drives our health, drives our thoughts, drives our emotions, drives our physical symptoms, then that becomes the true root cause of, of everything. Like that's our foundation for everything. And so we either have a physiology of safety, which is one of growth, which is one of openness, open to life, open to interventions, open to different treatments. And so our body is receiving all of it and responding well to all of it, or we are in a threat physiology and there's two different degrees of threat physiology. The stress threat physiology is danger, 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 danger. Whereas the trauma response is that sensation of inescapable life threat. So this is truly when you're having that thought of, I, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't see my way out. And whether that's your physical health and you're looking at your symptoms and being like, I, I don't, I don't see my way out of this. Is this going to always be the way that I live now? Or this may be a marriage. This may be family. This may be a job. It feels inescapable. That is a trauma response happening in the body at that moment. And so that is a different level of threat physiology. And that's what really turns on our immune system. We can start to have the beginnings of an autoimmune condition. We have gut problems. I call it having a, a trauma gut and we can have everything from mm. constipation to diarrhea, to IBS, to just pain. We start to develop leaky gut. We, we definitely have more, um, problems with digestion because our stomach acid is not being produced as much. We're not producing as many digestive enzymes because our physiology is not only just in a stress physiology, it's in a inescapable life threat. I just need to curl up into a ball and try to get through this. Mm -hmm. So we start to have all these problems and, and yes, you will experience anxiety. You may also be in kind of depression or burnout, whichever words you prefer there there's all this evidence of the body being in a trauma response and the results of that on a thought level, on an emotional level, and then on the cellular level. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And I think as, as you're saying that I'm just thinking how many people are in this threat physiology and that they just think this is just how life is supposed to be. This is all they've known, Aaron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we can look back and be like, 
we think that your body has been in a trauma response since childhood, mm-hmm. because this is literally all you've ever known. You don't, you don't know any different. You don't have any other experiences of life other than being overwhelmed <laughs> by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And until one day, some one diagnosis day. actually shows up exactly. and then someone might go down the rabbit hole, but until then we can mask things very well. There are lots of things that we can use to mask. Yes. I, I was queen of that at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Same. I would mask with food. <laughs> I would mask with exercise. I would mask with multitasking, with stay, staying busy, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever I could find to just not be in my body, not feel my body, not be still mm-hmm. and be able to just find ways to keep myself going. Cause that's, that's all I knew how to do at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I see it very frequently. You know, I'm, I work as a health coach part-time and with the females, the amazing driven females who have so many things that they need to do and achieve, and they love their intense exercise, right? The orange theory, the hit, the, even, you know, the, um, what's the CrossFit, you know, anything that's going to put you at what you feel like is maximum capacity because we're already mentally at maximum capacity, right? So why not, you know, release that into the physical as well? Like you said, it's just this, it's, it's a great way to mask, but I, I really am concerned that because I was this person and I say that because I went, no, this is just how I am. I love it. I need my cardio. I, it makes me feel better. This is, but what is that actually doing at the physiological level? Yeah. And as you say that, like, I want to tell you and your audience about the biology that actually will predispose us to having a trauma response in our body. Oh, I'd love to know. A a trauma response will cause changes in our biology. That's one of the definitions of trauma is that it creates lasting change in our physiology, in our biology. That's not the same with stress. So with stress, our body can bounce back Hmm. with trauma. That's not the case. We, we have to be strategic and intentional about the support that we bring in for our body after the body has gone into a trauma response to be able to restore it back to a, a health and wholeness. But we can actually have biology that will predispose us and make us more likely to experience a trauma response. And so for those women who are driven, they are competitive, they love the high intense exercise, they love to be in their heads. Their head is always going. They're always thinking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Describing anybody that you know. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually have uh, what's called undermethylation status. Mm-hmm. And that will actually cause changes in your neurotransmitters. So it will cause, for many people, not everyone, lower activity levels of serotonin, lower activity levels of dopamine. And so it's true. Like you need that intense cardio exercise, for example, to get your dopamine hit for the day. Mm -hmm. Caffeine will also do it for you. Um, Some food will do it for you. And so you find that these people tend to always be using one of those things. They're either moving or they're drinking caffeine or they're eating. Like they're always doing something because of these neurotransmitter changes. However, some of the latest research has found that the, the anxiety, the inner anxiety that they are experiencing actually is more related, not to the low serotonin activity, but to the high glutamate activity. And so we have NMDA receptors in our brain. The glutamate is the activation 
um, neurotransmitter for our nervous system, whereas the GABA is the calming. And so these people that are under methylators have a very high level of the glutamate at the NMDA receptor activity. And so that is what's like seeming to be driving them. They also tend to have higher yeah. histamine levels. And so that's one way that we can actually do a blood test to know mm. if they have this under methylation status, but mm. just the fact that you have higher glutamate activity and low serotonin and low dopamine, your, your biology is set up to be overwhelmed. Interesting. And so you're not going to be able to experience as much stress and hold it as much as other people who have great levels of serotonin and great levels of dopamine. And you don't have all this high excess glutamate running around. That's just exciting your nervous system and putting it on edge. (laughs) So it's, it's experiencing uh, the body going into a trauma response is so much more about your, what I call pre-existing condition. What is your, the state of your nervous system going into life experiences that determines more of whether your body will go into a trauma response than the event or the experience itself. And this is so important for people to understand because then they can take the focus off of the event, put it on themselves, put it on, what can I do to support my biology? Not only to help myself heal this trauma response that already is present in my body, but set myself up for success for the rest of my life so that I'm not continuing to just go into this trauma response day after day after day, because I've just got this biology that always has me on that edge. And it doesn't take me much to just push me over that edge into yeah. the trauma response. Yeah. Ooh, that is so good. There are so many things there. Cause when I'm thinking about glutamate, I mean, is that where something like B6 would be beneficial to help there as, as a foundational support or magnesium? I mean, those are my two favorite things <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I think they were missing in my life for a long time. Um, how would those play a role in even regulating mm-hmm. that balance? Yeah, that's a great question. And for the NMDA and the glutamate specifically, the most helpful thing is yes, magnesium and specifically with magnesium treonate, but that's going to actually more help the glial cells. So the microglial mm. cells surround the neurons, but that's important because they are what scoop up all the excess glutamate, ah. but the glutamate itself and the, the damage that it causes with the oxidative stress in acetylcysteine, Aaron. Oh, I do love knack. Yep. I use that. <laughs> and it seems to be more helpful than glutathione, but Glutathione mm-hmm. will help when, when you've got some brain inflammation that's going along with it. And most people with a, their body living in a trauma response have brain inflammation. That's, that's part mm-hmm. of, it's part of the biology that the trauma response creates is it causes gut inflammation and brain inflammation. So that is an area to address and glutathione really helps with that. But that's also where the magnesium treonate really comes in mm-hmm. with that in acetylcysteine is gold for excess glutamate at the NMDA receptors. That, we're talking about dosages yeah. of two to four grams a day. Oh, really? Okay. Cause I'm, I mean, my standard is like 500 milligrams, but that's know, right? <laughs> yeah. okay. That is good to know. All right. Well, that was just a personal side note because <laughs> I'm like, I'm so fascinated because I, I told, I believe everything that you're saying makes so much sense for me. And for so many people I know for just this specific type of person, the high or what we would think is high capacity for stress, but is really like, you know, maybe not so much. So that's amazing. So so much because these are also the people who 
are so here's here's the challenge with this group of people they are so disconnected from their body but they don't know they're disconnected from their yeah. body mm -hmm. and they often don't realize how disconnected they're they are from their body until they either take my 21 day journey and then i'm leading them through these exercises mm -hmm. and they're like oh i i have a body <laughs> and i haven't wanted right. to be in my body or they get really sick and they're like my body is betraying me what's happening to my body <laughs> yeah. and i'm yeah. like well you've kind of betrayed your body first yeah well that's the thing is it's like we in this state of being it's like well i would rather my body do what i want it to do instead of paying yes. attention to what it needs from me and right. so where does that disconnect cuz i'm you asked the thing or you brought me into the thing i wanted to ask you next which is where does that disconnect come from that mind body disconnect why do we do that cuz i know i'm not the only one i know people are listening going i have a body i thought i just you know like feelings and the, the body feels things for us and you know but we don't we are not aware of that not only not aware of it we don't like it we're like oh that, that. f word feelings is an f word for us <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Ask me to define feelings on a feelings wheel. And I'll just be like, I is scattered a feeling. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel, and I'm like, no, 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 just I, I feel no, I think I feel okay. I, 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 I know exactly where you're at. <laughs> yep, yep. So where does that disconnect start? So it starts when we experience that trauma response. So when we experience a trauma response, that feeling of this is inescapable and this is a life threat. It's a life threat that feels inescapable. Now we can look at this logically and we can say, oh, that's so stupid, right? Like this is just an email from my boss. This is just, you know, me feeling neglected from my partner, me feeling overwhelmed with my kids. Like it can seem so illogical, but yet ah, it's, it's not our brain that's, that's interpreting what is an inescapable life threat. It's our body. It's our body. It's our autonomic nervous system, not our central nervous system. And so when we have that experience, when we perceive, when our nervous system perceives, and again, Dr. Steve Porges has created a new word for this neuroception, mm -hmm. the perception of our nervous system that is not, not consistent with our logical brain. And when it perceives that, oh, this feels inescapable life threat level then that's when our mind is going to disconnect from our body. Every time it's part of what happens in mm -hmm. a trauma response. You can't have a trauma response and not disconnect. In fact, you are only like connected with your body when you are either in parasympathetic, even when you're in the, the threat and the stress, like you can still be relatively connected with your body um, in terms of, wow, what does my body need to do in order to, rise up to the challenge of the stress and this problem and, and the danger, but it is definitely more outward focused because I'm looking at a danger. But once you cross that line from this is a danger to no, no, this is an inescapable life threat. Mm. And that's, that's what I, my body is telling me that this is, then it's, it's automatic. Like your, your mind will disconnect from your body because it's so uncomfortable to be in a body that feels like it's in an inescapable life threat. It's like if we were running from a lion or a cheetah, right? We're that deer and we're running and it catches us. Do you want to be in your body when it bites you? No, like that's the last place right. that you want to be. You want to numb every, you want to be numb. Mm -hmm. 
because you don't want to feel the physical pain of being bitten. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what our nervous system does as well. It's the same nervous system that we have. And it literally, that's its way of protecting us is to numb us. It numbs us emotionally and it can numb us physically where we can, we can feel some general pain and aches and ah, like general malaise sometimes just don't feel well, but we're not actually in our body and sensing, Ooh, like, no, because when I drop into my body, it feels really scared. Hmm. And so it's, it's, it's the body's way of protecting us to disconnect from the body. That makes so much sense. And that, and, and I think also then you factor in, especially for women, there are so many, um, I mean, so many women struggle with body image issues, right. And like thinking I'm, I'm not the right size or my body doesn't look the way I want it to look. And then, so you factor that and you're already mad at your body for that. And then you've got the light, the threat level. And it's just, the body is not, it's not a safe place to be in. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. And then Erin, if you want to add on to that, all of the changes in your biology that have been created from years of living in this trauma response, mm -hmm. all the inflammation, all the static of the lymphatic flow and the mm -hmm. bile flow and, and all, all of, all of that toxins, sometimes parasites, mm -hmm. gut mm -hmm. infections, all of that. Like that is not a body that you want to be in and enjoy and feel. No, like that's a body that's, that's struggling. That's a body that's on fire with all this inflammation. It's a yeah. lot of pain. Of course, you're not going to want to be feeling and be in that body. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, what, what's the impact at the liver level? Because the liver, you know, is the soccer mom of the body, as I like to say, and, but thinking about so much like hormonally speaking, and then people who are struggling with, you know, say cholesterol, triglycerides, any of that, is this an impact? Does trauma impact the liver in this way as well? Very much so. And one of the biggest ways in which it's impacted is through the diaphragm. Mm. And the diaphragm is this, you can call it an organ. It's a muscle that does a lot for us. And with every breath that we take, it's supposed to drop into the belly and give your liver a nice massage. Oh. And so it's keeping the liver alive. It's keeping the, the fluids flowing. It's kind of keeping it awake and alive, helping it it's do its job. When the diaphragm stops or slows down, doesn't drop as far down in the belly, then the liver also becomes stagnant and the fluid backs up. And when fluid backs up, you're not going to be, the liver cells are not going to be doing anything at their best. Hmm. It's going to back up. And so when we go into the trauma response, it shuts down our breath. Interesting that when we go into the stress response, our breath becomes shallow, but fast, right? Think mm -hmm. of like running, mm -hmm. right? Like fast and shallow. But when we, when our body goes into the trauma response for a moment, we can feel that our breath completely stops. Yeah. And then it just slowly starts, but it's so shallow that I've even been told by my therapist many years ago, like, Hey, Amy, like, are you still breathing? Because <laughs> yeah. my breath would go that slow and shallow. And that's, that's what happens with the trauma response. We actually have to force ourselves to think about our breath and to take a deep breath because that's not what will be happening naturally. And so what happens is not only is it not dropping down into the belly to give the pressure and the massage that the liver needs for its best functioning, 
but it's also then not expanding the chest, which is providing the pressure and the containment. Mm. It's like giving a warm hug to your heart with every breath that you take. Mm. And that's now gone. And so some of the body sensations that people can experience are, it feels like my heart is sinking. It feels like my heart is heavy. And it's like, well, yeah, because your diaphragm has become flabby, floppy. It's, it's just kind of sitting there, barely moving. It's not giving this aliveness to either your heart or to your liver. Hmm. So the, the point though, is not to go do breath work (laughs) because when we force ourselves to take deep breaths, when our body is saying, no, it's not safe to take deep breaths right now, I'm in a trauma response. We need to put our focus instead on helping the body shift out of the trauma response. And when it does that, it will naturally bring back our deeper breaths. Because when we do breath work, when our body is not ready and we're breathing into spaces that it's not ready to have breath go Mm -hmm. into those spaces, we can actually re-traumatize ourselves and tap into things that our body is like, whoa, we're not ready for that. And it puts us even deeper into a trauma response because of the, yeah. the the therapies and the modalities that we are trying to do to help our body. Wow. That makes so much sense. That's interesting. I recently, um, a friend of mine is a massage therapist and she got specially trained in a, in an abdominal massage that is supposed to work on the diaphragm and work on all of those. It was fascinating. I like, that's not anything I ever thought I would sign up for. Yeah. Rub my belly for like 45 minutes, you know, but it was very interesting. Just what she told me about her training and all of those areas and specifically the diaphragm. So I'm so glad you brought that up. That is fascinating. Okay. So what do we do? What, what are your, I have here, you have three ingredient, three key ingredients to trauma healing, but what would you say? I mean, gosh, we we've got to, take care of our nervous system. We got to take care of our bodies. So where do we start? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So now that we've like painted this very, you know, gloomy picture of like, this is all the trauma (laughs) will do to your body. (laughs) It's like, okay, thank you. And what do I, what am I supposed to do? Cause I'm already overwhelmed by it all. Right. And I have found that to, to really be able to shift your physiology on, on all levels. So a thought level, an emotional level, and on that cellular level that we have to address for it to stick, we've got to address all of those levels. And so when we go to therapy, for example, and we, when we talk about it, we're just addressing that thought level. We're not actually going to be addressing the cellular level. And it's the autonomic nervous system. It's the cellular level that drives the emotional level and then drives the thought level. So We have to bring in all three of those pieces. And so where I actually start is on the, uh, what you would call the body level. And so I've been trained in somatic experiencing. And when I was trained in somatic experiencing, this was not for me to help other people. Like I was just helping myself at that time. I was just trying to figure things out for my own health. And so I applied all of what I was learning to my own life. I didn't, I didn't necessarily take exactly what they were doing and just be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to apply this to my, to my work. I'm going to do exactly what they're doing in my work. I, I took it and I was like, all right, how do I make this work for me? So that's where I, where I have people start now. And what I lead them through are these somatic exercises that are 21 days. And it leads them through this essential sequence for addressing trauma. We have to start with creating a felt sense of safety for our body. 
that is where we have to start when we're working with any form of trauma. We have to start with safety. Once the body starts coming out of that trauma response, it's actually going to go into the stress response because that's that was the pathway to the trauma response. Mm -hmm. And the stress response needs something different. The stress response needs a felt sense of support. Because when we feel like someone has our back, we feel like we're superwoman, like we can do anything if someone truly has our back. And so we have to bring in a felt sense of support for our body. And these are things that we do for ourselves. And again, so, so many times we've been looking to people, places, and things outside of us to create that safety for us, to create that felt sense of support. And so learning that, oh, I can do a two, three minute somatic exercise, actually create the sensation for my own body. And in that moment, I can start to feel my physiology shifting. Mm. And I'll tell you why in just a second. And then that third week we go into expansion. So now, now you're going to be more landing in parasympathetic where you, where you want to be. And now we work on expansion. So here's the growth and here is, okay, right now your window of tolerance is really small. <laughs> We've got to get your window of tolerance bigger, your window of tolerance for stress, for joy, for processing therapy, all of this needs to happen within your window of tolerance, but we've got to get your window of tolerance larger or else you're going to be living your whole life very rigid, trying to stay within this very small lines of what you can handle. And so how do we safely expand your window of tolerance? And that's what we need to, we need to learn how to do that for ourselves. And people who go through the 21 day journey, I have them start there because what I've noticed is that that already starts to change things on the cellular level and it creates a new baseline for their biology that then we can come in and we can start to address the biology, but we're in a very different place because the body is now more open to the interventions that we're doing rather than being closed off, shut off all of my guards up. I'm not accepting anything because I'm in, I'm in threat and, and danger mode. And so people are experiencing a 26% decrease in daily physical pain by the end of the wow. 21, 21 day journey. They're experiencing a 28% decrease in GI symptoms and sleep mm. issues. And then of course, along with the 30% decrease in depression and anxiety, but with the changes in daily physical pain and their GI issues, we're not even talking about supplements yet. We're not even talking mm. about N-acetylcysteine and magnesium and brain inflammation and gut inflammation. We're not talking about any of that yet. And so already just these exercises of providing these felt sensations for our body in that right order, it's already changing their baseline biology. And so now when we do come to do any interventions on the biology side, because that is another one of the essential ingredients, we have to address the cellular level. We're working with a different system. And so then we bring in the thoughts and I do that by bringing in parts work or internal family systems mm -hmm. so that we're looking at the belief systems that I've had. I'm looking at my coping mechanisms. I'm taking personal responsibility for now self-leadership. And those three elements then become this integrative approach that I continue to use ongoing that they all start to serve each other. And the more biology work that I do, for example, it allows my body to open up for more of the somatic work and for more of wow. the parts work and the more somatic work I do, the more it opens my body up for the biology work and for the parts work. And so it starts to feed off of each other in a healthy way rather than a vicious cycle that continues to take me down, uh, before we start addressing this. Yeah. I mean, this is, you're, you're blending. It sounds like you're blending together a lot of 
again, these specialties, <laughs> these certifications, things that you've been trained in into one big, like, okay. But at priority of what needs to be, a, so you're exactly. saying it really that safety, that's finding that, um, physiology change at the nervous system level that has to be first has to be first. Yeah. Cause I think we do go opposite, right? Like I'm like totally yeah. opposite, but then that's also part of like the, okay, fix me thing. Fix right. Me. <laughs> like yep. we Where's have generations, pill? we have generations of people that just go to the doctor. Like I just, just give me the thing that's going to fix me so I can keep doing the things that I'm doing, even though they're not working for me. Right. Even like that's what we do. Brought me to this place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it really is that whole, you know, definition of insanity, but we do that all the time. And then we go to functional medicine, right. And we're like, okay, this will fix me. So I can keep doing the, the things that I'm doing that aren't working. Right. So or we yeah. say like, oh, my adrenals are burned out. Let me just help my adrenals so that I can keep going. And I'm that. like, honey, that's not adrenal burnout. That, that's the trauma response. Mm -hmm. Your body's in a trauma response. Low cortisol is a trauma response. It's not mm -hmm. adrenal fatigue or burnout. Yeah. And on a side note for low cortisol, if you have a low resting pulse rate, like, you know, under 50 that you're real proud of, it might not be a good thing either. <laughs> that might be your dorsal vagal trauma response. <laughs> totally. Gosh, it took me years. I was like, man, I mean, I don't work out that much. I mean, I'm not a marathon runner or anything, but gosh, my resting heart rate so low. I must be so healthy. However, <laughs> that also Aaron, is you, my, you and I, you and I, I are mean, the same. I remember when I showed up for surgery long, long before I ever started this work and I show up for surgery in the morning, right? It's mm -hmm. early five, five 30 mm -hmm. in the morning. And they wouldn't take me back because my heart rate was so low. It was like 40 and I was proud of it. I was like, yes, like this is awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't think I was that healthy, but wow. Mm -hmm. Like, look at me. And now I'm like, oh, Amy, Oh, Amy, like it's so interesting. And I think there are so many people probably in that category who are listening as well. I, I know we're not alone here. <laughs> and I think like when I go to the dentist, right? It's like I hate going to the dentist, it fills me with so much anxiety. My blood pressure is as low as it could be. My heart rate is as low as it could be. That's dorsal. That is freeze mode. Yes. That is a protective response where I am just checking out, right? Yes. And yes. we've got to be aware of those things, yes. not to just pat ourselves on the back for how we've been able to make it through, but to go, wait, what does my body need right now? Exactly. So that, and that's what you're saying <laughs> is what you work on through this 21 day program. It's where we start. It's where yeah. we start the 21 days, because I see it already changing things on a physiology and a biology level. Mm -hmm. When I started, when I, before, right before I would try to start with the biology work and the body just was not open and receptive to it. And we would start them on all these supplements mm -hmm. and it would hardly move the dial at all. And I'd be scratching my head being like, I don't know what's wrong. And then I realized, oh, like the body is so closed off. It's so in danger and threat mode. It's not even open to the interventions that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to work well when the body is in stress mode, when the body is in survival mode, nothing is going to work yeah. well. Yeah. And so even if you're going to a medical intervention, cause you need it, right? Maybe you already have a diagnosis that you have to address still the most important thing that you can do for yourself to make sure that the intervention and the treatment is something that your body will receive is to do trauma work. And mm -hmm. I start with the somatic work. Cause that's where I see the biggest difference happen, even on a cellular level. Yeah. I think that's so important. You're, you're addressing so many important things and we're 
gosh, just about out of time. And I hate that, but I did want to ask just this one thing, cause I get this question a lot. Why this is a question that, I mean, it pops up so much is why can't I lose weight? Right. The women who are stuck and who have gained weight, can't lose it. They're doing all the things. This is connected. Correct. It is. Yeah. It's painful to hear. (laughs) It's it's so painful to hear because that used to be me. And that actually was what really started my whole crash. And then learning about trauma was because I was overweight. I was anxious. I was depressed. I was on two antidepressants Mm -hmm. and I so knew that if I could just lose weight, the anxiety would go away. The depression would go away. I would feel good about myself. All my life problems would go away. If I could just lose the weight, Mm -hmm. I was about 30 pounds overweight at the time. And it was also affecting my ability to go out and exercise the way I wanted to, because ah, like my, my body would hurt more because I was carrying around 30 pounds excess weight. So my brilliant idea, Aaron, after trying lots of different things, my brilliant idea was, oh, let me put my body through this intense ketogenic diet. Yeah. And I did one of those, you know, programs that you purchase all your meals, most of your meals, and they send it to you. And I'm eating, I'm eating such small portions and I'm working still 80 hours a week as a general surgery resident and thinking, oh yeah, this is exactly what is healthy for my body. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is what was the last straw for my body. And I mean, it crashed hard. And what I've had to come to realize is that when I took the focus off of my weight, I even stopped weighing myself and I put the focus on how do I feel? How does my body feel mm-hmm. creating that safety for my body, creating the support? Guess what? The weight fell off. Mm-hmm. Because when we are in stress mode, when we're are in threat, when we, when we are in survival mode, our body is holding on to everything yes. because it needs everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know if it's going to be okay. It's never going to be at a place where it's like, yeah, you can, you can take more from me. Yeah, of course. It, let me, right. No, like the body is in this mode of, I can't let anything go. I need to hold on to everything because I don't know what I'm going to need to get through this danger. And so the most important thing that people can do to help lose the weight is to actually create that felt sense of safety, create that felt sense of support, deal with the trauma response that's actively happening in your body. And the, you will be at your best weight. Yeah. Oh, I so believe that. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, I can say it over and over again, but it's, you know, I, I say things like that all the time, and but I need somebody like you to really be, no, 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 listen, this is what's happening. And that's, and that's what you shared. And I love that. I think it's so helpful. And even if you are going through this stressful period that is creating trauma response in your body and you are gaining weight, ask your body, okay, body, <laughs> you know, what, what do you need from me? Cause clearly you're storing some things, right? Like that's such a good check-in anyway. Okay. That could be a whole other episode. But I will ask you, where can people work with you and find out more about what you do? Yeah, they can find me uh, and more information on my website, traumahealingaccelerated.com. And I have a guide there that I'm thinking would probably be the best one for them, which would be the steps to identify and heal trauma. That guide is on the website. And inside of that guide, I have a quiz. I have an assessment that they can take that will help them 
identify, oh, like this talk has resonated with me, but do I have evidence of a trauma pattern in my life, in my health? And so they can go to that guide, the steps to identify and heal trauma. And that's on my website at traumahealingaccelerated.com. Okay. I will add that to the show notes. So thank you again. Time just flew. I really, (laughs) this could be two hours, but it's not because already, I think that's enough for people to piece through and, and probably listen to over and over again. So thank you so, so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much, Aaron, for what you do. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.